Happy Friday, everyone. This is the Lost Archives podcast, and I'm your host, Aileen Waters. All season, we've had guests bring in stories from all across the world, from people who have uncovered their juiciest family secrets to unbelievable government cover-ups no one wanted going public. On today's episode of Lost Archives, we're tackling the world of fine art. I'm sure most of us have been to a museum and can appreciate the importance art and artists play in keeping our collective culture alive. Yes, art is subjective, but those with a keen eye can tell you just how much certain artists have influenced creatives for generations. Some of us might think the art world can sometimes be, let's face it, pretentious or boring, but what they don't know is that it can also be full of mystery, intrigue, passion, and definitely secrets. We have a super special guest today who has uncovered something fascinating within that intriguing world. Amanda Peters is a former curator at the Metropolitan Art Museum, and she is what we say on a grand mission. Five years ago, she came across a letter that has come to consume her life, a letter that could potentially change the trajectory of art history as we know it. Without further ado, please welcome Amanda to the show. Hi Amanda, welcome to Lost Archives. We are so excited to have you on the show and hear a little bit more about your findings. Thank you for having me. I'm such a huge fan of the podcast, so I'm honestly flabbergasted to even be here. Well, we're just thrilled by your story. When I first heard about what you might have uncovered, essentially a letter, and that has the potential to change art history, at least over the last century, I got goosebumps. Could you tell us how and where it all started? Yes, I definitely felt the same way. Um... It really all started about five years ago when I was working as a curator at the Metropolitan Art Museum. And even though I was constantly surrounded by art from all around the world, you know, incredible art from the beginning of time to the 21st century, I had picked up this weird little hobby of going to estate sales on my own downtime. I loved seeing the art, be it paintings, sketches, books, whatever, that people deemed important enough to keep in their homes for so many years. It was always fascinating to get a glimpse into normal people's lives and find out what they thought was worthy or special enough. And New York must have been a treasure hunt for estate sales, no? Absolutely. I always ended up finding really interesting works of art that a lot of people didn't realize was worth something. And what did you end up doing with these artworks? Did you ever sell them, or since you worked at the Met, were they ever interested in exhibiting them there? No, the Met doesn't work like that. They wouldn't take any old art from the street without it having gone through a rigorous vetting process. Um, no, this was just a hobby at the time. I you know, generally tried to reach out to the families and let them know how much these artworks they were putting up at estate sales could actually go for. And if they weren't interested, I would purchase them and ended up starting a kind of mini-museum of my own in my apartment. So what did you come across that catapulted you to what you're doing today? Right. So I went to an estate sale in New Jersey on a random Thursday five years ago, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary at first. I actually hadn't found anything of interest and was about to leave when they brought out a series of letters spanning back to the late 19th century. I I don't know what compelled me to want these letters, but I figured maybe they'd be a fun afternoon read or something. I love that that was your first thought. I know. I'm a sucker for old letters and such. Um, 
But anyway, while I was going through the letters, there was one that really caught my eye. The letter was from a woman named Loretta, and the recipient was unknown. What was in the letter? Essentially, this woman, Loretta, had come across a painting at the British Museum by the famous 19th century artist Will Finch, and she was convinced that the copy of his last known painting melody the museum was showcasing was fake, that it was a complete replica, and she went on to share some of her reasonings why she believed so. Wow, that's a bold claim. Yes, it absolutely is, because... You know, the British Museum has had the same copy of Melody in their possession for the past century. So there's a chance that what they have now is fake. And if that one painting is fake, how do we know other works of art in any given museum isn't a near replica? Wouldn't they know that wasn't real? Isn't it kind of their job to make sure the artwork they obtain are vetted properly? That's why I was fascinated by this letter. Um... You know, the museum has debunked so many fake replicas over the years, from Van Gogh to Monet, and it makes me wonder why this one hasn't been found out either. There's so little we know about Will Finch's life and work, and it's super rare to come across someone who knew him personally or dealt with him directly, like this Loretta person claims. Right. How else would she know that's a fake if she's not the original artist or a curator or something? I suppose she could have just had a super keen eye for detail or something. And you brought the letter with you today, correct? Could you share some of it with us? Absolutely. May 1st, 1892. Dear Sydney, Ever since my sister and Will Finch passed away, I've been visiting the British Museum every day to view Finch's paintings. Every time I let his thin brush strokes direct my eyes into the painting's scenery, my mind travels through time and relives the moments he painted. My favorite serene moment is captured by Finch's melody painting, which is a portrait of my sister arranging flowers in a garden. Finch was one of my father's closest friends who attended my sister's 16th birthday party. He was entranced by the way natural sunlight shined on my sister and wanted to capture that moment's happy atmosphere. All of my family members, friends, and acquaintances had the time of their lives enjoying nature, dancing to music, and feasting on fresh meat and wine. If only I can stay in that moment forever and not witness the tragic events that unfolded the following week. The first bad news we received was the ship transporting the most valuable paintings in my family's art collection sank during a violent storm, which wrecked my family's art business and relationships with clients interested in those works. My father suddenly started having breathing problems after hearing that news and passed away a few days after. My brothers looted the family mansion and packed all the valuables they could carry leaving the women with no resources to support ourselves. For the weeks after the family tragedy, I supported my mother by selling my paintings at the town's public square. One day, Finch visited my stall and was intrigued by my works so he took me in as an apprentice. Unfortunately, the demand for Finch's masterpieces skyrocketed right after his death. The museum's directors planned to sell his paintings for a huge profit at an auction in five days. 
I will not be able to have a close-up view of his paintings and relive those happy moments. May 4, 1892 Dear Sydney, When I visited the Finch exhibition at the British Museum today, I noticed that its copy of Melody was missing the thin yellow ferns embroidered on my sister's dress, which was depicted in the original painting. That specific detail was definitely on the original painting because I added it myself right after Finch laid the Melody painting on a stand in his studio to dry. When I saw the curators of this exhibition at the museum preparing the paintings for auction, I shared my observations with them. But, they dismissed my findings as unjustified suspicions without even taking a look at my notes. Thus, I created letters containing my observations and passed them out to prospective painting buyers touring the museum. However, the curators guiding the visitors called several guards over to drag me out of the museum. May 5, 1892 Dear Sydney, When I walked through the front doors of the British Museum, I saw a guard welcoming a woman holding a sketchbook in her arms with a smile and thanked her for visiting the museum regularly. For the past few weeks, I had seen her spending countless hours sketching paintings in the Finch exhibition with charcoal pencils. I tried to follow her and walk to the Finch exhibition, but several guards emerged and blocked my path. The guard who had regularly greeted me warmly every time I visited the museum sneered and loudly proclaimed, Who do you think you are? Everyone knows that you are a liar without a job or education. Why don't you find a husband, raise your children, stay at home, and stay out of trouble? Suddenly, the room felt boiling hot from the confrontational glares of strangers burning holes in my skin. I ran out of the museum gasping for fresh air and clearing my head of negative thoughts. My efforts at getting people to see through my eyes were futile, but I didn't want to give up searching for the truth. Maybe somebody will believe me someday. May 6, 1892 Dear Sydney, When I crossed Bloomsbury Street and passed the side entrance of the British Museum, I saw curators moving cardboard boxes, tape, and cleaning supplies into the museum. As they prepared for the auction of Finch's paintings, I noticed a woman carrying a rectangular cardboard box the size of a small painting under her left arm. I had seen her often in the Finch exhibition, sketching his paintings and asking me questions about little details in his works. Every few seconds, she would turn her head to her left and right to watch the pedestrians and curators walking past the museum entrance. When she saw that no one was walking past the entrance, she placed a sketchbook in front of the cardboard box and walked away from the museum with quick short steps. Her sneaky behavior made me curious about what she was up to, so I followed her six feet away. After walking down nine blocks, we reached the outskirts of the bustling city and passed a small farmer's market. Suddenly, she turned to the right, walked down a narrow alley, and unlocked a set of white double doors of a tall building. Red velvet carpets lined the floor and paintings hung on walls from the ground all the way up to the edge of the ceiling. My eyes landed on a portrait of a young woman in a garden wearing a dress with thin yellow ferns, Finch's melody painting with an ornate golden frame. Around that painting, there were five more copies of that same painting but they didn't have a frame. I need to cheer.
that's the end of the letter. That's it. Yep, it looks like she was in a rush or something. The last letter doesn't even look finished. It's almost like she was stopped right in the middle of writing it, as if someone didn't want her to finish what she wanted to say. How eerie. What do you think happened to her? Do you have any theories? I mean, no one really knows. I've tried to find out as much as I could about her, but there's not really that much of a trail to go off of. It's almost like she never existed. We, you know, we only know she existed because of the series of letters. And if I go with my hunch, I'd, I'd say she disappeared, maybe of her own volition or maybe because someone wanted her gone. Ugh, I just got chills. It sounds like she was on the verge of finding something really juicy. Right? My guess is she uncovered something she wasn't supposed to. Something really big. I guess we'll never really know it. I don't know. Maybe. I have been trying to connect the dots of several art conspiracies from the late 18th century to the early 19th century. Um... You know, I have a feeling Loretta's letters and Discovery will play a part in it in some way. Fascinating. Well, do keep me and the rest of the Lost Archives listeners updated on what you end up finding out. Of course. Maybe the next time I'm on the show. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Amanda, for stopping by the podcast. We've really enjoyed your discoveries today and hope to have you back on soon. And that's it, folks. This has been another episode of Lost Archives. I'm your host, Aileen Waters, and we'll be back next week with another incredible episode. Bye!